the Inside Edge. Your home for Blue Jackets news and conversation. Here's Bob McGalligan and Jody Shelley. Welcome to the Inside Edge. I'm Bob McElligot with Jody Shelley in what is a big news day for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They named their new captain, and to the surprise of no one, Boone Jenner is now the captain of the Blue Jackets. We're going to delve into that a lot tomorrow on our season preview show. We're going to talk about the leadership group and what effects it has on this team, all of that. That's a tomorrow thing, but it is big news today. Boone Jenner the new captain of the Blue Jackets. But Jody and I have a huge show for you tonight. Head coach Brad Larson is going to join us in just a bit. But we start things off by talking with the general manager of the Blue Jackets, Yarmo Kekalainen, who we had a chance to sit down with yesterday. Well, Yarmo, uh, now you've watched the team that you put together in a training camp. Uh, what is it like for you? How exciting is it because you're, you know, you're trying to put things together. You're looking at guys. How's this guy going to fit in? Can I get this guy under contract? All those things you do during an off season. Then you get the group together. You watch them go through the camp. Uh, you help on the the final cuts to figure out who's going to be here on opening night. What is that whole process like for you? Is that um, is is that your adrenaline rush uh, right now? Uh, you know, not being a player and being in the games itself. Is that like a big long game for you? Yeah, it's exciting when you get started. You know, right from Traverse City, you get to see some of the young guys, how close they are, how mature they are. Can they help us this year? And then, you know, they we had some real good performances from young guys in, in that tournament. But then moving on to the uh, NHL camp, and it's a different story, obviously. Uh, you know, you're playing against men, experienced NHL players in the camp. You get your uh, scrimmages in. How do they do there? Now you get into the preseason games and the lineups are, you know, they vary from night to night. And, and some nights you're playing against an American League team and other nights like our last uh, couple um, exhibition games we played against a full NHL lineup. So all those are different tests for, for different guys, not not just the young guys, but some of the other guys that are trying to uh, make the roster. So um, it's it's uh, it's an exciting time, but you want to get through it too. So you get to the... Um, the real games, which start now on Thursday, but it's it's been a good process. It's uh, there's been some some pleasant, I wouldn't say surprises, but but performances from from the young guys in particular, and and um, it's time to get started. Yeah, I, I like how you say that, pleasant performances, and I would imagine that Cole Sillinger's on that list, Igor Chinikov's on that list for you. I, I want to go back to I've talked about this a lot this summer, going back to the night of the first round of the draft. I mean, there was a lot of question, where's this franchise? What direction is it going? You talked about, you know, retooling, reloading, all of that stuff. But at that point, you had Seth Jones to get that you're going to have to trade. Uh, what are you going to get for him? Can you find a partner where you're going to get the fair worth? And, you know, going into that night, I was like, I, I don't know where this is going. I hope it's going a good way. Uh, we'll see. And then all of a sudden, an hour before the draft, you make that deal. And what a deal it was, I mean, to get Adam Boquist, to get the second-round pick that you can use on Jake Bean, to get the first-round pick that you can use for Cole Sillinger. I mean, all three of those pieces are on the, the final cuts. They're on the roster here. Um, and I've been asking myself this all year, so I'm just going to ask you flat out, how the heck did you pull that thing off? How would you do that? Well, obviously we had to uh, give up a very good player in Seth Jones, who uh, you know, he's, he's been a star in this league and an all-star for, for many, many years, so... It's a heavy price to pay, but uh, we got some pieces that we're happy with and pieces that we can grow with. Uh, they're all young players. Jake Bean just played one year in the NHL. Adam Boak is very young, even though he's he's been around for, for a little bit. And, and Cole Zillinger is just getting started. And uh, They're all exciting. Um, 
they're all all very good prospects not only prospects but i think they they will be good nhl players I- in the very near future and so you know we're, we're just going to have to grow with this group now and and um you know hope that our projections are the, the way that that we believe they are which which means that you know we project jake bean to be a top four defenseman in this league for many years and and adam bokust as well and and we got a couple of guys that are real good power play players and that has shown in the uh the preseason as well i think they've given us a different look on on the um on the power play we still have zach Wierenski for that um as well and i think uh you know watching cole sillinger i think he's going to be a real good nhl player um at what pace is he going to make an impact in the league and and and, and get to the level that we think he'll get to you know, we'll have to be patient with that but uh he's shown some great maturity so far um, both physically and mentally, he's a, he's a he's a big guy. He's, you don't see a an eighteen year old put together like him very often, where he's two hundred and two pounds with under eight percent body fat, and just looks like a guy that's been been in the league for years now. And same goes for his his, his mental maturity as well. He when you talk to him, he's like a he's like a fifty year veteran almost the way he handles himself. He understands the. Uh, the dynamics of the locker room, obviously, coming from his dad, the experience that he had in the NHL. So he's been brought up very well that way, and and he's he's a pleasure to be around because of, because of those qualities. So you know, he's got, I think, leadership oozing out of him. The, the, a guy that can be a, a real leader on an NHL team for years to come too. And but that'll take experience again and, and some growth and, and earning his stripes on this level. But uh, you know, it's it's been. It's been real pleasure to watch him and Chinakov both and go through this process. They're both young players, and it's not easy to make the NHL lineup as a young player. But um, real promising signs. Go back to the trade deadline. Uh, your word was retool, on the, and and you know a lot of people thought, yeah, okay, you just traded Savard, Felino's gone. Some of the core pieces of this organization um, had left town. What made you believe that this could be a retool, a retool and not a complete teardown rebuild? Because I think we still have a lot of core players left that, that um, we had on the teams where we had a lot of success. Success. We made the playoffs four years in a row and, and, and gave it a pretty good run two years ago with with beating Tampa and, and then get, uh, getting beat by Boston, which was, I think, the second-best team in the, in the uh, regular season that year. And so we had some pretty high hurdles in the first two rounds and that we gone through which is uh, you know never ending if 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 but but I think we had a team that that could have made a serious run that year we didn't and um you know lost some pieces out of that team Panarin in particular we've talked about was a guy that we really wanted to keep but um you know we felt and I've said this a few times that we didn't have a core group that that we could build around to win the cup so you had to make some hard decisions with, with some of the veterans we had who were getting into the end of their contracts and either had to be re-signed and, and give them term and and um, and the type of money that keeps you close to the cap or change change the core group and, and retool but still keep some of the, the um, main pieces intact. So I, I think with, with, uh, with guys like uh, Zach Wierenski, our goaltending, Gavrikov, Boone Jenner, some of those guys that have been now our core pieces for the last couple of years, we can build around them. But but we had to retool to uh, to get some young pieces in that we can grow grow with and and grow into a Stanley Cup contender. 
We are talking with Blue Jackets General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen and his team getting set for the season opener on Thursday night right here at Nationwide Arena against the Arizona Coyotes. We'll continue our talk right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley with you. And Thursday night is opening night. It's presented by Nationwide. The Arizona Coyotes will be here to take on the Blue Jackets. There are limited tickets available for that game. You can find out more information on that by texting the word GAME to 26791. Right now we continue our conversation with Blue Jackets General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen. How quick does it help or how much does it help to get a second high-end first-round pick. Does that speed up the process a little bit for you in one year? I mean, you got two first-round picks last year. How much does that speed this up for you? Well, as we see right now in training camp, he has already sped it up because Cole Sillinger's still here, and he looks like a a guy that can be a top two-line player in this league for a long time. We're watching Ken Johnson get four points in his first game. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, the way he performed in, in... Team Canada's camp this year, uh, most likely going to play World Junior and be a top top guy for Team Canada there. You know, we we're going to have to wait for 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 a year to to be completed at least before he can join us. But but I think it, it has already sped the process up quite a bit just because of those two guys. And don't forget, we got two first round picks next year as well. So uh, you know, we 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 have some real exciting prospects in Russia in Marchenko and Moronkov that are, you know, Marchenko will be here next year. Um, so it's, um, you know, we're going to have to wait a little bit and grow a little bit, but it, uh, there's some exciting times ahead. And you've already made tough decisions. I mean, you've cut down the roster uh, as of yesterday. Down, you cut seven pieces. There's been veteran guys cut. There's been guys, uh, one-way contract in Danforth. Are these decisions the ones as a general manager, you know, you have an outlet, but you're, you've been pleasantly surprised as to what's happened here at camp, or, or is this something that you kind of protect yourself with having those guys, and, and it's the evolution of being in a competitive organization? It's a little bit of both. I, I think the young guys, we weren't counting on them on being in, in the uh, opening night line, um, roster, but, but they pushed guys out. They won the jobs. They won the, uh, the spot on the roster, and that's what it's all about. The competition should be that way. And sometimes those guys kind of suffer in the in the process because they don't need waivers and they can be sent down. And and the uh, the, the older players with one way contracts get to stay because of their their status. But um, you know, I, I think it's a it's it's important to have that integrity in this competition where where guys that earn jobs they get them and 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 we'll go from there. But um, you know, those those guys that had to go on waivers or had to go down to the minors you know, on, on a one-way contract. They're, they're great for our depth. And, um, you know, their attitude, their play in, in Cleveland will show us uh, that do they uh, earn their way back and do they belong at this level. And <clears throat> next time they get an opportunity to do that, then they'll have to show that they should stay. That's great. Don't you think, Bob, the integrity of that process? I mean, obviously as a former player and, and a guy who's seen the – we've all seen the business side, but what you're saying is – there was an easier business decision to be made with a guy on waivers, but you've had to expose players that ha- that had to be put on waivers, and it's just because essentially you've shown everybody in the organization these people have earned their way in here. That's why that's how you're creating this culture and building on this culture. That's exactly right, I, and I, I think it has to be that way with with uh, with our team. With no matter how much money you make or where you were drafted or or any of that, you have to earn your 
your ice time, you have to earn your spot on the roster. And to take that a step further, as we talk with Yarmo Kekalainen and the Blue Jackets GM, uh, guys like Alexander Texier, Emil Bemstrom, I mean, they're, they're here, they're on this roster, but they're also being pushed to not just stay on the roster, but to, to keep big minutes. If you want to play a lot of minutes, there are guys now, it's not like you turn around and there's nobody behind you. I mean, there are guys right on their tail that are pushing for those minutes now, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's going to be real tough to put together the four lines that are going to play for us opening night. You know, Bemstrom had a pretty good preseason. He had four goals in five games and 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 played well. Chinakov and and Sillinger both played well. Uh, Gregory Hoffman's to me has has looked very good. He's uh, he's got a lot more offense to show. I, I believe that. I think that you know it's his first NHL training camp, even though he's 28 years old. But he's he's worked worked extremely hard. He's Come here very prepared for this challenge for him. New, new challenge has he's had great success in the international level in the Swiss League, but this is the NHL. But I, I think that he's he's at a very good camp and, and he's pushing to play and in the opening night. But as you mentioned, there are guys like like Texier and and um, Robinson, those t- that type of guys. Those those guys are going to have to be on their toes. They they've played in the NHL. They've been in the lineup every night, but now there's guys pushing. Um, we kept 14 forwards and, and um, 7D, so uh, you have to earn your ice time. You have to earn your spot in the lineup every night. I'm glad you brought up Gregory Hoffman because I think this guy, you're right, he had a good camp, but it was a quiet good camp. Like, he he's there. You guys, obviously, you know, but he didn't jump out and do anything spectacular. So I think from a fan's perspective, you can kind of forget about Gregory Hoffman. But when you're breaking it down, this guy was just – he was a constant, wasn't he, throughout the camp? I mean, he was there when he was in the lineup. He was doing the things that he was supposed to do. And as you said, there's a big upside for this guy, a, a guy you thought well enough uh, about to send a draft pick to Carolina just to get his rights. Yeah, yeah. He uh, He's always been a top scorer in the Swiss League, top scorer in the Swiss national team in the uh, in the World Championships. He didn't show a lot of offense in the preseason. He had one goal, I think. But uh, but he also showed he can kill penalties. He can go anywhere in the lineup with his energy, his speed, tenacity. So th- those are good qualities to have where you know that you can slot him on the fourth line. And if he gets some success and, and starts creating more offense, then you can move him up in the lineup. And and uh, it'll be a good fit with, with uh, any line, basically. But um, I think it's all about confidence with him right now. Just just play a little, little looser. You know, you're you're here now, and, and uh, we believe in you. And, and uh, just just play the way you can. I talked to him the other day. I said, just let your instincts take over and just play, have fun. And But it is it is a bit nerve-wracking for the players when you don't know where the roster goes. Are you on the roster or what's going to happen? And they, they, they're human beings. They get a little uptight. And, and that's, that's um, you know, it's where, where the NHL veterans, they just play. They know a lot of the guys that perform well even though the competition's fair and you have to earn your spot, there's there's a lot of guys that they, they know they're going to be in the lineup because they've had a lot of su- success in this league. So if they have a bad one bad exhibition game, that's not going to get them. Oliver Bjorkstrand out, out of the lineup, and and he actually had a great preseason. But but uh, you can just tell that he's he's used to playing in the NHL. He's used to used to the uh, competition. He's used to the style, and, and he just he can he can relax a bit and just play the game. Whereas guys that come here for the first time it's it's everything is new 
It's funny you say that about Oliver Bjorkstrand because there were many days where one bad game and he was out of the lineup yeah. and it had to earn his way, but he has done that for sure. Last thing I really have for you is I want to talk to you about the goaltending. You talk about competitions. There's another one there, same two guys. Um, Elvis, you gave Elvis a contract extension right before camp began. Uh, Corpusalo is in the last year of his contract right now. I, I imagine for him it's the – the earn it phase. He's got. To, he's got to play well. He's got to earn it. And in addition to those two guys, what did you see out of Daniil Tarasov in the the bits that he played during the camp that makes you feel good about? Uh, hey, if somebody goes down with an injury, we've got another guy that's ready to come up and and jump in here and fill a gap. He's a very exciting prospect. Too. You, I tend to always talk about forwards and defensemen and kind of forget about the goalies because <laughs> you know I leave that to the experts. But but. Uh, in just just the presence that he has with his size and, and calmness and, and athleticism and when you're six foot six and you move that well he's he's a very exciting goaltender to watch and like every goaltender in coming from Europe in particular they're going to need time to get used to the style and he got his feet wet last year in Cleveland and played extremely well um, it's it's too bad that he missed the uh, Traverse City tournament I think it would have been great for him and it would have been great for us to see him play. A, play there but he played some great minutes in the preseason games and, and we're very excited about him. I, I want to ask you about this time of year because you know there's trade deadline there's those big moments where te- uh, fans expect or think that teams are going to make changes you have cap space teams are getting squeezed as they're getting down to the roster is this a day for you to really analyze some of these things that are happening yeah I came right from a meeting of doing that uh, from upstairs to this uh, interview so we're, we're looking at you know we're kind of speculating what the uh, the final or opening night rosters are going to be for the other teams and and who might get squeezed out and who needs to do what to to fit under the cap for the uh, for the opening day and and so forth and that's that's what we're going to do f- pretty much every day from now on to see if there's some opportunities to improve our team but uh, you know we got, we got our roster set and most teams will too and they will by by five o'clock tonight and uh some guys on waivers right now. We'll see at two o'clock if if they clear it or not, and and so that's that's what we're, that's what we're looking at every day and analyzing. And uh, there's always going to be some surprises too, just like with us, with the young players making the opening night roster. There's going to be some some of those surprises with other teams too, and that might squeeze out some veterans. So you will have your list, and 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 having cap space provides you moments like this to have this flexibility and to jump. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We could we could easily uh, take on some some veteran contracts that that um, you know if they if we believe they could help us and another team is cap squeezed and needs to make a move uh, or or think that they can replace a, a veteran um, with an entry level contract guy and and give himself some like flexibility you know we could be a good partner. I got one more for you. And it's just about overall uh, the Metropolitan Division, the East. Uh, what do you see when you look at this? I hear lump, some people think, ah, oh, it's not as strong, the Met- Metropolitan not as good, there's some injuries. What do you see as when you look at the landscape of this uh, this division? Well, it's going to be a tough t- division. There's no question about it. And, you know, overall, I think any night, and I say this all the time, that, that, that there's no easy nights ever, no matter who you go against. If you think that you're going to get an easy game, that's the game you're going to lose for sure. It's the best league in the world, and the way it should be. So there's 32 good teams this year, and um, we're going to be a, we're going to have to be at our best every night and, and any night to to give ourselves a chance to get two points. And I thought our last preseason game was 
real solid until you know midway through the third, and outchanced them by by quite a bit, and, and then all of a sudden it's three three and losing overtime. So that's just that's just the way I look at. But those were division. system breakdowns. It looked yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a couple of mistakes yeah. there in the um, in the third period that cost us. But but um, you know I kind of look at that as like the mini picture of of any division or the whole league is where things can change so quickly yeah. if you. If you're not at the uh, the top of your game, oh, it'll be nice to get back to New York and Philly and and all those teams too, and and get the buildings and the juices flowing with those uh, full buildings. Because you know, I think it's the most exciting division in hockey where you have uh, those original six teams, and you get to go in there and and feel their fans and guys like Max Domi. I think you know they thrive off things like that. I know we'll enjoy it too. Yeah, absolutely. I it's been a long time, but but uh, it'll be great. Yeah, just like the Pittsburgh game, it was a preseason yeah, game. Was you nice, could feel right? the, the hate, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you got Jake out there. Jake hasn't been here in a decade, but he's played for Philly. You think he likes the Penguins? <laughs> Absolutely not. He hates them, and you could feel it. And one of their guys spears Corrali in the whole nine yards. So let it begin, Yarmo. Thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. Uh, hey, great job over the summer. We're excited about what you have out there, and I know that you are too. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. That is Blue Jackets general manager Yarmo Kekalainen. Coming up next, we will take you from the front office to behind the bench as head coach Brad Larson joins us when the Inside Edge continues on 97.1 The Fan. Ticket plans for the 2021-2022 season are on sale right now. The options range from full season plans to as few as two games a month. You pick a plan that is right for you and all of the plans feature flexible payment options. To find out more, text the word TICKET to 26791. This is the Inside Edge. I'm Bob McElligot, along with Jody Shelley. And right now, we're joined by Blue Jackets head coach Brad Larson. Brad, you just got through your first NHL training camp as a head coach. Uh, how difficult do you feel that you made the camp on your players? And how ready do you feel that they are for Thursday night to take on the Arizona Coyotes? Well, ask them. I think that's that's the best feedback you'll get, but I... I felt like it was tough, um, you know, talking to, uh, you know, Kevin, the strength coach, because he's monitoring heart rate or uh, w- monitoring heart rates, I should say, and, and watching their energy levels, and they uh, they were high. Let's put it that way. And I and I think the guys felt it, but there was a purpose behind it. I think everything we did was uh, there was a lot of structure-based stuff within it. But uh, you know, when I look at this group, we have a skating group. We have we have great legs. We have uh, tenacity. We have guys that uh, want to get after it. So, to do that, you got to be able to skate and you got to be able to sustain that in, in a 60-minute hockey game. So, so that was the goal going into camp. Uh, guys showed up prepared. I think that was the number one thing. Is, you know, you talk about it, but what are they going to come in as? And when you looked at the numbers, you looked at their VO2s, you looked at their on-ice performance. You could see they put the work in, and that was that was huge. And so, I think the level of play was really, really good all the way through camp as far as sustainability. You saw some guys dip, and but at some point you had to. It was, it was, it was hard enough where you were going to run out of some energy and some gas at some point. But uh, as far as going into Thursday, I, f- I, I think everybody feels good, right? You know, it, it's one of those things until you start getting into competition, you just don't know. But I know we've put the work in. I know we're, we're prepared, and uh, these guys are excited to play. For the last six years, you've been part of – a John Tortorella training camp, which is, as Jody will say, legendary. <laughs> and, and, yes. and and guys dread it. They tell you, you spend the summertime thinking about 
getting ready for the run and, and for all of the skating and all of that. Um, did you take parts of that? Did you still use parts of that? Uh, I don't know if they dreaded your camp like they dreaded his camps, but how much of it for the guys that have been here before was similar? I think a lot of change in how we approached it. Um, it was really hard in a much different way, and and that was, like I said, there was a purpose behind how we did it, how we organized it. Um, you know, his camps are legendary. He's been doing it for a long, long time, and and I got to uh, see it up front and center every year, and, <laughs> and I know I know it terrorized guys, but uh, it'll be interesting. I, I've you know I, I you asked Jake, I uh, Jake, and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing, but after the first skate he came up to me and said that's the hardest first day he's ever been a part of in his career and he's played 14 years and I wasn't trying to punish him it's certainly not about punishment it's about you know pace of play and how we're going to do it and and so um and I checked in with some other guys uh, you know some guys that have been in different programs and what they thought and um I'll let you ask them and, and maybe they'll give you some feedback all right, I do have this question. I had a fan ask me a question, which I, I thought it was a good one, and I want to pass it on to you. I answered it. I, I want to see how close I was, quite frankly, here. But um, they said, you know, when John Tortorella was here, he kind of reset the culture and, and put the expectations in for this franchise. And they asked me what the one thing is that I thought that, you know, you got out of those years of being with him that – you know, what, what is that one big takeaway for you that is going to remain a constant with you being the head coach here? Well, the, the, the word accountability always comes to mind. I got right it. Away. I yeah, got it. I, I don't know if that's – it sounds like that's what you said, but <laughs> I, I've, I've lived and died by that since I played. And, and, I, and I honestly believe why me and Torts hit it off even, you know, quickly is we see eye to eye in a lot of those, those intangibles, the, the – being honest, being truthful, accountability, uh, everything's work-based. And, um, you know, how we'll go about our business will be much different. I think, you know, Torch has been doing it for a long time and doing it really well. I mean, I, I've said this. And uh, really loud. And and sometimes <laughs> loud. Um, I, I say passionately. Yes. Uh, is the best way to put it. But, you know, I think a guy who's been doing it for that long and had the success he has, he can do it a certain way. And I and 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 I'll go back to the advice I've got when I first started was it was always be true to who you are. And so I'll never change that, but I'd be a fool not to learn and, and take things from um a guy like John and, and uh John Torts. I can't even call him John. That's <laughs> weird, right? It is weird. <laughs> uh you take things from guys and, and former coaches I played with, players that I played with, um you're always kind of adding to your toolbox. And so, but you can't change who you are. And, and I think that's the number one thing is I'm going to be who I am. Um, those intangibles, the accountability, like you, you had mentioned that um, you thought would be at the top of the list. It is, it's there. And I think just being truthful and honest, I think the players deserve that. Uh, they need to know where they stand and where they need to get better. And then it's up to us to try and help them to get better. As a player, it is so refreshing to have that upfront approach. Because you'd be amazed the amount of times, and you probably sat on the bus too and thought, "There is a gray area here." So that's as a, as a coach, it's it's very refreshing to have that accountability, which is hard to execute on all the time. But you're right; if you're true to your values, true to what you believe in, it's a simple process, and sometimes it's a lonely process because it's for the right reasons. Yeah, I, I've always said accountability is great until it's you. You know, mm -hmm. nobody, nobody really likes those. It's always a great idea, right? Until it's you're in those shoes, and and 
but I do believe in, in the truthfulness of it. And because then you can get to the solution. You know, if there's no honesty, then how, how are they going to know where they stand? How are they, where are they going to know they need to improve? So, yeah, th- it's not fun. Like, these aren't fun conversations, and you don't take any uh, – there's no enjoyment of, of – and it's not – I'll say this. It's not about putting someone down. It's, 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 it's recognizing an area they need to improve and trying to, to push them out of their comfort zone. I think that's probably the best way. Because a lot of them are saying, well, how do I s- – Stay in the lineup. How do I get in the lineup? Well, here it is. This is what it's got to look like. And and the one thing I always go back to is we're creatures of habit. So if you don't prepare well off the ice, if you don't prepare during practice, it's not just going to happen in a game. So even in our practices now, as we get prepared, it's like I don't want us to slow down. It's got to be fast. It's got to be executed. It's got to be when we're in com- competition drills, let's be competitive and because that carries over into a game. And then that becomes a who we are. That's our identity. That's who we're going to be. So why – why fudge it in a, in a practice? And, and, you know, you're going to have your down days, no question, but you still can have the focus. And, and, and there's certain drills where you go, okay, we need to get something out of this drill today. There's a purpose behind this. So um, for those players, I think the, the truthfulness and the honesty, I think is it's required. I, I, I don't believe in, in skirting around the issue, and I don't believe in someone else doing the dirty work for you. You just you, you speak truth, and, and it is hard sometimes. It's not fun, but um, they may not agree. There's lots of times they, they there's going to be a disagreement, but that's okay. You know, then now we can get to some real honesty. I will say I watched your camp. I would call it a competitive camp, and I've heard players say some of the some of them say the hardest camp they've been through. But it's been a hockey camp. And when you talked about Jake, I saw him take his visor off so he could breathe better. <laughs> Day one, <laughs> yes, the visor came off. So <laughs> you know that was. That was interesting to me. And you asked Jake, he's an honest guy. He'd be like, couldn't breathe. I had to breathe, you know. But it's two-on-ones with a back check. It's all those drills as a player where you're like, I got to be ready because, A, I have to compete for a puck. B, when I get the puck, I got to secure it and try to hold on to it. Those are the details you've established here from day one, the first second of camp. Yeah, and, and it's just work-based. It's, it's, not, it's not anything that a lot of coaches, it's not revolutionary. I just think there's a, like I said, there's a method of the madness of what we want to get out of camp. And I yeah, we could skate laps and do all that in conditioning, but why not get conditioning within the structure of it? Yeah. Our details and our tracking and our and if we're going to be relentless, we still have to carry a puck. We still have to you know track pucks and and think it. You know the number one thing I think if your team can think when you're tired, you're a much better team. Which is hard. It's really hard. But until you put yourself in those situations, uh, again, I'll go back. We're creatures of habit. So if we don't prepare for those situations, and you're facing it the first time in in a, in a hockey game, you know. You're setting yourself up to fail. So we got to push out of our comfort zone and practice at times. And it gets harder during the season. I, I'm not stupid. I, I know we gotta, we got to save our energy in certain spots. But now's the time to do it and, and try and make sure that we're programming ourselves that, you know, we can't be tired in certain situations. We have, you know, how many times you ice the puck and you got to defend against a fresh line? It happens all the time mm-hmm. um, with, with the new rules and different things. So you're going to have to do it. So we might as well practice it and practice and get good at it. You know, there's a few few rewards for coaches. Obviously, wins, losses, seeing players uh, do what's asked and have success. There's a lot of great things in there. But as camp ends, you set the roster and you've got young players that you've been able to tell you made the team. Uh, have you had those moments, and what what has that been like for you? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the enjoyment, right? The the Saturday night when you're releasing guys, the guys that are close to, um, it's tough. It's it's not fun, and you can see it can see the emotion on their face i 
I've been through it. I've been through it as a player. I had four years straight in Colorado. It was no. It was no. It was no four times in a row, and it's just crushing because you want to get there. So I can empathize where they're at and understand that this is – I take no joy in telling them no. Um, but what I like to do is send them away with something constructive. Um, this is why. This is what you need to do. Now go apply it. And Because um, a lot of these guys that didn't make it, they're not that far off. They're – they're close. And so how do you – you have to go win a job. You can't be as good as. And so as per your question, when you get to sell someone, yes, that's the great part of the job. It is. It's fun to watch their face light up and, you know, and see that their their dream is now a reality and they get to wear the jersey in, in a meaningful game. Um, it's fun. And, and you, you you smile with them. You enjoy it. The handshakes are a little firmer. They're a little bit more excited, <laughs> and, and it's fun. So did you tell Cole? Uh, did you sit down with him? We did, yeah, actually just not too long. We didn't do it that night because, you know, we had a, several guys that we had to talk to and those conversations get long. But today, definitely had some conversations today and there's some big smiles today. It's good. That's awesome. We are talking with Blue Jackets head coach Brad Larson. Our conversation continues on the Inside Edge right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. I'm Bob McElligot along with Jody Shelley. We're joined by Blue Jackets head coach Brad Larson. Brad, I want to ask you about the cuts that you had to make. Were they clear cut? What I mean is, did you look at it and say, this all played out a certain way and I don't have to put a lot of thought into it. These guys made the team. These guys didn't make the team and that's just the way it is. Uh, Yes and no. I think right to the last game, into the last period, right into we made uh, at least one decision right at the very end. And it, it, it's that's how close it was. And and in saying that, I've said this since camp started. Nothing's there's a lot in pencil still. And you know you, you're here now, but that that internal push is still there. It's it's don't get comfortable. I actually use those words with with Cole and not. And I just said you know comforts of it. You got to be careful with comfort and um, be excited. Absolutely be excited and and you know enjoy this. But. Comfort can be a real dangerous place for a lot of players, so I, I I'm excited about the internal push. I think that's that's what grows and pushes your organization rather than free agency and going out and grabbing a bunch of guys. I think once you start to see that internal push with guys, um, they know it, they they feel it, and it's you, all you can do is be honest about it. Like I was talking with Jody, you, you just let them know that you know be careful and and. I want you to play your game, play free, but you know, it's not about mistakes. It's not, it's don't let the effort drop. Make sure you understand, make sure your focus is there every night and and you appreciate the job and you're going to have to apply it every night. And honestly, in the last couple of years, there hasn't been that same internal internal push. I think even the last time you were in the playoffs there, it was like, okay, I might not be doing great, but who's pushing me right now? There's, there wasn't really that push. And now, whether it's a guy that's two stalls down or whether it's a guy that's two hours up the road, there is that push. Absolutely. I, th- I think it, 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 like, and I've said this, it's a changing of the guard, not just with leadership, but as the internal push comes and from younger guys that are, um, that are pushing our older guys and, and kind of everything in between. So it's a different dynamic. Every year special and different in its own way. And I think this is a unique year that way, uh, that there is uh, more internal push than we've seen in a lot of years. 
Alexander Texier, you put him in different spots during the preseason. The last spot was in between Voracek and Line A. How much do you like that going in to the opener? We'll see. I, I think uh, I think he was better the second game that I had with him than the first. Um, it's uh, I never have to worry about effort with him. It's not a, it's not a lack of effort. It's you know it's processing the game, making sure he's making the right reads, making sure you know is he going to be a gr- good complement for those guys. You know, and, and I've said this lots, there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching potentially. You know, hopefully we, it, everything works out great early on and we get great chemistry and we roll with it. But, um, you know, there's always these side lineups that you kind of pen on the side or pencil in on the side and go, well, if that didn't work, we could insert this guy here and slide that guy here. And so I think there's going to be a lot of that, uh, potentially a lot of that here in early on. So, you know, camp's one thing, but then when you start playing the games, um, now you start getting more in your matchups. You start getting into more of your your details of, of the game management. Um, so that's going to change some dynamics in there too. What are you looking to do with Igor Chinikov? Rookie of the year in the KHL last year. Uh, again, another guy you've played in different spots during the preseason. That last game against Pittsburgh, you had him on the fourth line. He's got a great shot. I'm sure power play is <laughs> on his list of things you're going to have him do, no doubt about it. But um, does he have to adjust to being a bottom six player or – is he going to be a bottom six player? Can he be more? Well, we'll see. And and he's going to play one way or another. It, it, if it if it gets to the point here where he's not playing, he will play in Cleveland and we'll get him games some way or another because he's too young and, and too much of a talent to be sitting and not playing. So um, he's with our team out of camp. He, I think he's earned that position. And, and so we're just going to see how this goes along. And this is one of those guys that you know, he could be out one night and be on the second line the next night. Like, he's 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 very talented. He's got great legs. I, I One thing, he doesn't get enough credit. He thinks the game really well. Uh, from my short time that I've I've watched him, I've watched him very close. He w- What he processes in the game is really good as a 19-year-old kid, especially playing at small small ice here in the first time. So, because the game's coming faster. You've got to make quicker reads, and he's done a really good job of that. I think his game plateaued a bit towards the end of camp also probably tired, fatigued, which would be normal, you know, and um, as the lineups get better, it gets tougher to find your your ice and your opportunities, especially on smaller ice. You know, this is these are all these things he's having to figure out as a young man, so um, we'll monitor it, And but he is not going to sit and, and not play, I can tell you that. We, he will be playing. Where's your confidence with the new systems you got in place? Neutral zone, I mean, that's a big task coming into camp and getting ready for game number yeah. one. Yeah, um, I, we, we've, we've been working on our, our structure stuff, kind of the big four, I call them, and, and right from probably day five. And, um, and and again, incorporating in with our skating, incorporating with our, our execution, the pace of play, and, and so that uh, it becomes a habit and not just, you don't have to think. Because the last thing you want, a thinking player is a slow player. We know that. So um, they, they're, there's lots of work ahead. Like nothing, nothing's uh, perfect right now. It never will be. You might have five or seven games throughout the year where you're like, wow, everything was just on point, you know, that, but that's, that's what coaching is. That's what, you know, every day we're trying to pick and choose what we're going to work on, how we're going to tweak it and get better at it. And, and, um, but I'll say this, if you, most coaches, um, there's no magic system. There's no magic structure. I can tell you that right now. Um, if you're competitive, if you, if you play with pace and execute, um, you prepare properly. A lot of times it takes care of itself. doesn't matter what system you're using. So you, your focus is really those areas first, and then the structure gets really good. Yeah. And if you don't have those intangibles in place, there's probably holes everywhere. 
because you can arrive on time and be five guys in the perfect spot, but if you're not competitive, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a really good they, point. They come right out, they make the plays they want. You know what I mean? In all three zones. So you're not sustaining a forecheck, you're probably late not putting in the effort. You're not competitive at the puck. So those are the reasons why you you that's the focus. Because once you get those in place, then the structure actually means something. Without those intangibles, I believe the structure really doesn't mean anything until until you're again those are just habits. That's who we are. And when we do that well, you know, now now you can actually make mistakes within the structure. But with the other three intangibles, you can you can kind of mask some of those details. Last one for me, Bob. I just want to talk to you about your coaching staff. I mean, this is uh, new for you, but it's also the guys that are with you helping you. And I just watch from afar. It seems like you've got great teachers, good enthusiasm uh, on the same page. And that's got to be um, comforting for you in, in the regard of – being prepared to start this season. Yeah, I've been I've been real blessed with the guys that I got around me. Um, you know, I already had Jared Bull, who's got an increased role this year. He's done a tremendous job and is growing into a really good coach. I had Kenny McCudden already that I knew and had a relationship with. He's uh, incredible at what he does as a skilled guy. Many legacy. who's really good with the goalies. Uh, but then you start adding, you know, Pascal Vincent. I didn't know him. I didn't know him at all until uh, the interview process and. And I've said this before openly, in the first 15 minutes, I knew he was a guy. <laughs> I did. I don't know why. I just, I, I talked to him, and there was just a feel. I'm like, this is the guy. And so every conversation after that, every Zoom meeting we had, when we went over some of the details, and, and, and he was kind of pitching what he does. And um, he's super sharp. He's very, 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 very calm. Uh, I like his demeanor and how he approaches the game. But he's got a real strong passion for the game, which is important to me. And he's a great teacher. So... That's that's the one hire, and and no, and then Steve McCarthy came in late just due to the uh, the other situation we dealt with with Sylvain Lefebvre. So he's coming. He's done a tremendous job. He's again, he's passionate, enthusiastic. He comes with a uh, really big hockey. Uh, um, you know, he's been around a long time. Yeah. Let's put it that way, and been in a lot of places. He was a first round pick. Everybody doesn't talk about that. And yeah, that's so right. He's, he's gone through all these stages and and played in Europe. He's played in Russia. He's played in the minors. He's been sent down. He's won the Calder Cup. He's, you know, so you and and at that position is which is a real tough position to teach. Um, there's not many situations he didn't come from. He was the guys, you know, providing offense and points, and then he had to change his game, and so. And the other plus is that he knows these guys. He's he's coached how many of these guys are our prospects are younger. That's days. right. So and we have a young group back there. We, we do. It's not like a an old grizzled group that's been together for for ten years. So uh, he's done a tremendous job. He puts the work in, and he's going to be a real good complement for what we got. Not an old grizzled group. So you have a young group and a young coach. I noticed 13 years into this, I'm moving to the other side here. <laughs> I, I, I was the young guy, and now I'm watching these other people come along. And I, right, it happens, though, right, Brad? That's it. You know, time doesn't stand still for anybody. I <laughs> no. know that. I, by my gray hair and my uh, beard and my hair and my kids point it out to me every day. The good news <laughs> is you're still here to deal with starting to be the older guy. That's all that matters. That's, That's right. right. As long as you're still here. That's right. Thank you so much for doing this. We really do appreciate it. And um, best of luck as you get things going this week. All right. Thanks, guys. That is Blue Jackets head coach Brad Larson. We'd like to thank him for joining us. We'd also like to thank general manager Jarmo Kekalainen for coming on the show tonight. Tomorrow, we're just getting things started for the week, by the way. Tomorrow, Jody and I will sit down with Jeff Rimmer and Jean-Luc Grandpierre, and we will bring you a season preview show. That will come your way at 7 o'clock here on 97.1 The Fan. And then, of course, on Thursday, the Arizona Coyotes will be in town. 
The season opener, opening night being presented by Nationwide. That's a 7 o'clock game at Nationwide Arena. The time is here, and we're ready to go. And thank you for joining us tonight here on the Inside Edge. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long on 97.1 The Fan.